You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now, uh, get all you need as we turn the page here from week number seven in the NFL to week number eight from a fantasy football and reality perspective. We got you covered there. Here on Locked On Fantasy Football, we've got you covered as well as we make the transition We'll break down the Monday night football game that ended week seven, the Bears and the Rams, the important takeaways you need to know from that game. Then we'll dive into the waiver wire targets and uh, guys you want to look at with your free agent acquisition budget this week, fab, and uh, also some uh, defenses that you can look at to, to try to pick up to help your team here in week number eight and beyond. So we'll do that action-packed uh, pickup Tuesday here on the network. Don't forget, uh, we'll break down all the games of Week 8 starting tomorrow on Matchup Wednesday. Then we'll do the back half of the games on Matchup Thursday. And then uh, we round up the week with Lineup Friday, a DFS-centric show there, looking at uh, the best values on DraftKings and FanDuel, as well as breaking down Thursday night football, which this week is the Falcons and the Panthers. All right, that sets up the week ahead. Let's dive into the waiver wire in a moment, but first I got to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi's a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passion fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, uh... Let's uh, look at this uh, Bears-Rams game. Not a very good one for fantasy, unfortunately, if you were looking for something out of that in the final game. So hopefully you'd uh, taken care of your matchups or they were decided here before Monday night. But let's look at it. The Rams, uh, we didn't like Jared Goff in this game. I mean, again, I don't think 219 yards and two TDs is a good fantasy game at this point, given how we explode all over with uh, other players here in the league and uh, look at that it's more modest uh, QB night for sure I'd say that to Jared Goff only one rushing yard too so nothing there on the ground so again we thought it could be a tough night against his Bears defense uh, the big uh, news here is that Tyler Higby didn't play with a hand injury we thought he could go but he didn't Robert Woods was able to go with his growing issue but that meant Johnny Munt became a factor here, and they just plugged him in, and he had uh, three catches for 47, caught all of his targets. But Gerald Everett looked good, caught four of 28, and a nice little touchdown there with a move on his five targets. So good opportunity for Everett. He took advantage of it with no Higby and getting in the end zone. So we'll see if Higby can play against the Dolphins this week. Uh, we, a little bit of a surprise there, that, but Munt seamlessly filled in, so they could keep him out another week. Make sure that hand is fully healed. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods were rather quiet against this tough Bears defense, but unfortunately Josh Reynolds was the guy who uh, produced four for 52 and a touchdown on eight targets, but Cooper Cup only six for 43 receiving. He had a rush for 16 yards, so very mild game for him. Uh, 
full PPR okay, but other formats not so good. Robert Woods, three catches for 22, so not good at all there. And four rushes for 23 yards. So they had to get uh, Woods and Cup in the ground game a little bit with their jet sweeps and uh, reverse action a little bit. So those type of games are going to come from the Rams. Unfortunately, yet Daryl Henderson uh, lead the team in rushing 15 carries for 64 as well as two catches for 13. But Malcolm Brown got the pay dirt here. 10 carries, 57 yards, and a score. So very frustrating times with Henderson to see Brown uh, take some key touches and score. But at least you know that Cam Akers is not a factor. Didn't even touch the ball in this game. So really it's about navigating Henderson versus Brown at this point. I think they're very careful with Akers' his inexperience and injury here. That's clearly what's happening. Henderson is the big upside running guy, but they also trust Brown in some passing situations, and he's not going anywhere out of this uh, offense when they're looking at here in uh, week number eight. I think it'll still be a Henderson-Brown type of split that we look at overall on this uh, team going forward with uh, none of uh, Cam Akers. All right, uh, so, yeah, disappointing from the Rams there. I wouldn't read too much into it. The Miami matchup should be better for Cup and Woods, especially, and Henderson maybe get back on track as well as Jared Goff. With uh, two on the other side, let's look at the Bears. Uh, they only scored 10 points here in this 24-10 loss. As expected, a pretty rough game for Nick Foles. Uh, 261, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Allen Robinson had the Jalen Ramsey matchup, but not all the time because Ramsey was on Jimmy Graham. He was uh, elsewhere at times in coverage, but four for 70. He needed a 42-yard catch to get there. So we knew it was going to be disappointing for Robinson, but we scratched out Decent half-point and full-point PPR game out of him. Uh, no scores, nothing close to 100 yards. But, again, this tough matchup, we tempered our expectations. This is what we got. It was the spread between Cole Kmet, Darnell Mooney, Jimmy Graham, a little bit of Dave Montgomery, Anthony Miller, Demetrius Harris, uh, Cordero Patterson. So it was pretty ugly in this ball-being-spread department here in garbage time. But no one was able to score. David Montgomery certainly disappointing on top of those five catches for 21. He only had uh, 14 rushes for 48. So you can run on the Rams, but it was easy to contain their uh, run offense here. So Montgomery thought he was going to get a little bit more checkdowns and uh, produce that way, maybe at least a touchdown. But unfortunately, the Bears' touchdown came the fluky way on a Robert Woods uh, fumble there that uh, was returned by Eddie Jackson for a score. So if you started the Bears' defense, you got a little bit of a bonus gift there, uh, they only had one sack of Jared Goff in the game, so really uh, got those uh, points out of nowhere from that team. If you started the Rams, you were rather pleased. They had four sacks, two picks, and allowed only uh, three points offensively in this game, and the Rams are in a good spot again. If you look at Tua, I think you could sit the bear, certainly, as they host the Saints here in week number eight. And unfortunately, Foles, we knew it was going to be rough, but don't close the book here on Nick Foles because uh, he transitions us well into our quarterback pickups of the week. Look, Nick Foles operates a pretty limited passing game. We know that. The pressure can get to him at times if they're not running effectively. Well, look at the matchup coming up for Nick Foles. The Saints here at home. You know, the Titans, Vikings, Packers, Lions, and Texans. So some pretty weak pass defenses in that stretch right there. That's for sure. So... Maybe Foles can get going. Maybe some uh, garbage points that actually happen because he's not going to face a team as sturdy on defense as the Rams and maybe get more of these guys involved. So all that said is Foles shouldn't be written off if you're 
hurting in a bye week, maybe you have Kyler Murray and you've been running with him the entire time here and now you got to get a replacement here in week eight or you don't have Deshaun Watson this week. Well, Nick Foles is not a bad plug and play at home against the Saints. The Saints did give up more than 250 yards passing and two touchdowns to Teddy Bridgewater last week. They've struggled in general in the secondary. Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham have good matchups in that game. So certainly Nick Foles is someone you could look at here this week and beyond. I mean, with those schedule, I think he should be owned in leagues. Keep in mind, if he struggles a little bit more, they could pivot back to Mitchell Trubisky. But for now, I'd say Foles is pretty safe in his job as this uh, team is 5-2 and two still after that loss and uh, someone you can look at. Now, Daniel Jones is someone I look at longer term. He has a pretty easy schedule, not this week, however, playing at home against the Buccaneers. That defense is playing excellent in Monday night football going in. Uh, so, And Jones certainly has Sterling Shepard back. Makes uh, more sense that he has two receivers now that can legitimately help him put up points. He's still running effectively here for the Giants. Again, he had a nice game against the Bucs. If you remember last year, the breakout game, they rallied. Danny Dimes, legend, was born against Tampa. But... Uh, you look at it, uh, it's not the same. It's Brady, this is better defense. I'm, I'm not looking at him there, but Jones certainly has a little bit more value going forward versus a zero that he had until week number six in a mini bust out there against the Eagles all around there uh, for this talented uh, second-year quarterback. Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield streaming interest in this game for sure. The Browns-Raiders game will break that down in depth here uh, over the course of the week, but... Looking at uh, Carr, uh, played very well against the Bucks. Got some numbers up uh, there that were pretty solid in a tough spot. So Carr's been playing well, sneakily, and all year. And Baker Mayfield, he lost Odo Beckham Jr., but that didn't stop him from having a big game. Keep in mind that Beckham was hurt and lost for the season there with the knee injury early in that game. And uh, that's when Mayfield really started to get hot. And those 17 straight completions ripped the Bengals' secondary. So... Raiders, we know, are pretty vulnerable on the back end. So Karn Mayfield, a sneaky shootout this week. If you're looking also for a replacement for Murray or Watson here uh, to help your fantasy team, or you've been streaming uh, someone like Gardner Minshew or Kyle Allen, that's a game to look at this week as well for quarterback help. All right, so there you have it with uh, the quarterbacks that you want to look at on the waiver wire here on week Number eight, uh, we'll get into uh, running backs and defenses, wide receivers and tight ends as well. But first, I got to tell you more about Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Mentioned at the top, this is what you need for the ultimate refreshment, so you can uh, sit there and watch your games and uh, and be locked in here. And uh, Pepsi is going to help you do that. It doesn't matter if you're watching your favorite team in reality or watching all your fantasy football teams on the Red Zone channel. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passion fans are the real generation talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is also proudly brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the cameraman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and 
Choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. RockAuto.com, you're going to find everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's you, a daily driver, or you, a classic driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, as I mentioned, best of thing about RockAuto.com, things that you'll find, the prices are always widely low at RockAuto.com. The same for you, the professional, and you, the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It's silly. Just go to rockauto.com right now and save. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right. Let's turn our attention now to the uh, running backs you want to target on the waiver wire. A few injuries of note and uh, one changing of the guard that we'll also look at. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he's probably owned, if you're in a 12 or 14 team league, for sure, with his uh, value so far this season. But if he's out there, you're in a 10 team league and you need some help and uh, Kenny Drake's on the shelf, Chase Edmonds now has his Cardinals backfield to himself. Uh, Edmonds uh, is going to have a chance to start here after the bye. So, again, if uh, someone forgets about him or they uh, need to dump him because of the bye, Edmonds certainly can pick up. Uh, Drake is certainly going to miss uh, multiple games after the bye. So it's not something where we expect Drake to just suddenly heal up and be back in action. But regardless, Edmonds has strong standalone value with his work in the passing game. So last call for him. If he's somehow unowned in a uh, smaller league, you can definitely go after him this week. He's the top priority. The next guy that I would look at is LaMichael Pirine. I mean, the Jets said they would commit to him. Now, the touches were rather equal between him and Frank Gore, but P. Ryan had the touchdown, he had the more snaps, he was seeing the more regular action, and had nothing of Ty Johnson to be seen there. So P. Ryan looks legitimately like the Jets' feature back going forward without Le'Veon Bell. Again, the Jets are hard to trust here, but a good matchup this week against the Chiefs, Le'Veon Bell on the other side, speaking of. But P. Ryan definitely, if he's going to get the touches and the snaps and the chances to score touchdowns and the receiving work as we... Broke down the game against the Bills. Then he's owned. So I think you look at him, uh, managers, you want to go after him versus Frank Gore. I mean, Gore's pretty much cooked here. This backfield is slowly going into the hands of P. Ryan, and the Jets have nothing to lose at this point. They're looking for a win. They uh, played the Bills pretty well. So uh, P. Ryan should be unleashed here quite a bit. Now, Carlos Hyde is someone you can look at again for a short-term fix. Chris Carson looks like he'll definitely miss one game with his mid-foot sprain that he suffered here Against the Cardinals, they play the 49ers this week. So, Carlos Hyde revenge game. Yep, his original team going up against them. We know they're going to feed him the ball often here. Keep in mind that uh, Travis Homer is hurt. Rashad Penny is still on the shelf. So, you can see a lot of Carlos Hyde and uh, probably a little bit of the rookie DJ Dallas in the mix behind Hyde for this uh, game against the 49ers. But the volume is going to be there. This run every team. They go open up the running game with their pass game with Russell Wilson. Carlos Hyde is a plug-and-play seamlessly, just like uh, Gio Bernard was for Joe Mixon and Jamal Williams was for Aaron Jones last week. You can definitely put in Hyde if you're uh, desperate, and maybe you had him as your backup to Carson. Well done. If not, even if you're not the Carson uh, manager here, go out and get Hyde and plug him in and get some uh, nice uh, RB2 value for yourself uh, this week. And a tricky buy, again, uh, with uh, no Cardinals uh, available uh, no David Johnson available from the Texans. No James Robinson. We thought uh, he would, would not be such a essential player, but no James Robinson either this week. So Robinson, Johnson, Drake, Edmonds, uh, 
and uh, Antonio Gibson are the uh, running backs off this week on bye. So certainly uh, Hyde definitely is a great uh, plug-and-play appeal, even if you don't have Carson. And uh, that's the case for all these uh, backup running backs. Uh, there's nothing better than to steal someone's handcuff and plug them in and get good production from yourself. In the next uh, situation we're going to look at, uh, this is a little tenuous. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. back on the shelf. Keep in mind they did have Jerick McKinnon healthy for the game, the 49ers, uh, against the Patriots, but it was the Wilson show. They admitted after the game that they wanted to keep McKinnon fresh. So without Raheem Mostert, without Tevin Coleman, and uh, really not looking very deep in the backfield, they had the luxury to sit McKinnon because they knew they were confident in Wilson. Unfortunately, Wilson suffered a high ankle sprain there going in for the last of three touchdowns. So he's on the shelf. Jamichael Hasty once again, after Mostert went down the previous game, he looked good running the rookie from Baylor. Then he did that again with uh, Wilson down late in the game against the Patriots. But Tevin Coleman also could return. So there's some speculation whether the 49ers would trade Coleman. That could help his value if he gets into a good situation elsewhere. Uh, but I doubt they're going to trade him now with the issues with Mostert and Wilson and McKinnon. They don't want to wear him down. I think they would trust Coleman a little bit more. He has more experience and uh, has been a pretty good explosive runner when needed for uh, Kyle Shanahan. This offense uh, carries with him uh, from the Falcons. Coleman was assigning that way. So definitely some guy that could return and be activated off the list here for this uh, critical Seahawks game this week. So you could definitely see a Coleman hasty backfield. You could see a McKinnon hasty backfield. You could see all three here. So again, it's worth the stashing Coleman if you have someone had dropped him and if you had an IR spot, you can at least put him there. And if they activate him, you can maybe look at putting him in your lineup, or you can look at Hasty here for sure, getting some key touches against the Seahawks. Now Gus Edwards, a lot of people may not have picked him up last week. We'll have to see the Mark Ingram injury situation here. But Edwards should be involved a little bit more. I think they need to pivot this backfield to Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, with the Steelers coming up, it's a tough spot to play Edwards, that's for sure. Uh, looking at the split, you can't really trust any of these backs. So that is definitely a concern here with uh, this uh, team with the Ravens and uh, facing that tough matchup this week. All right, uh, the next situation we could look at, also a tough matchup this week if he has to fill in, is Wayne Gallman of the Giants. We saw Devonta Freeman get hurt against the Eagles. Now, he could have had uh, some time to rest with the extra time playing on Thursday, and he might be okay. Deion Lewis didn't look all that good in that game, losing a fumble here. So Wayne Gallman certainly looked actually rather good. So they might just go to Gallman a little bit more because he looked effective with Freeman out. So it's uh, something we have to navigate, but Gallman is certainly worth stashing here if you're a Saquon Barkley person and you've been struggling trying to find the quite right answers maybe at Freeman uh, maybe it's worth looking at Gallman as well but again I can't recommend him as a plug and play this week then let's turn uh, to the Texans uh, could be out of sight out of mind here with them uh, Duke Johnson did get a little bit more run in the passing game I wouldn't uh, go crazy over uh, picking him up here especially if uh, it's a bye week, it's more of a luxury type thing. But definitely is a strong handcuff if someone drops him during the bye to uh, pick back right up and uh, put behind David Johnson if you're a manager there. So keep that in mind uh, there that Duke is a seamless guy that you can put in for David if something happens. And I think given what happened with uh, Mixon and Aaron Jones and now with uh, Carson, you really have to look at uh, – making sure that you have your handcuffs. If there's a clear-cut one like the Johnson-Johnson situation, 
you have to get that guy so someone else doesn't get him and there are benefits if uh, something would happen. It's called insurance. It's called handcuffing. It's all smart. It's been proved over and over again. If you're in a good system with a good back and a guy's getting touches, he's going to produce. Again, lesson learned and do that here ahead and start thinking about that once we uh, navigate through the tougher buys here. Now let's turn our attention to defenses here. The uh, Chargers, Titans, Bills, and Eagles are my targets this week. Let's look at the Chargers. They might be owned now because of the Jaguar situation last week and people putting them in, but they're playing the Broncos, who are really struggling. Gave up uh, two uh, defensive uh, touchdowns, one on special teams there, to the Chiefs last week. So, yeah, Chargers keep streaming with them here in another great matchup this time on the road, but I still think they'll get it done. The Titans are on the road as well against the Bengals, but again, some sacks can always be had against the Bengals, so maybe turnovers. The Titans are a good takeaway team here, maybe force some mistakes from Joe Burrow. There are some points in that game, so the Titans are a pretty good streaming option this week and have a pretty good schedule here coming up with the Bears and Colts to uh, do some damage here, that's for sure, defensively. And we know they're big play dependent and they're matchup dependent, and uh, the Titans certainly are in position to do do some of that in the next few weeks. Then uh, we look at the uh, Bills. Uh, people might have dropped them after the bad performance against the Titans and the Chiefs. They also didn't come through well against the Jets in a spot where you thought they could uh, dominate and really go off. They were okay, but you thought a lot more was going to happen after the Dolphins pitched a shutout. They only allowed 10 points, but they could be available there. Somebody you might look in New England and say, I don't want to play them, but I think you can certainly uh, stream them against Cam Newton, who's really struggling right now and turning over the ball, very similar to uh, Sam Darnold. And finally, you can look at the Eagles. I really like the Eagles. If uh, those other options are not available, Eagles, primetime. I didn't like it as much when Andy Dalton's in, but it looks like he's going to miss the game. Looking at probably seventh-round rookie Ben DiNucci, unless they make a move here. The only other guy I could see them starting is Cooper Rush in this one. But the Eagles' defense has started to come on. They forced some turnovers, got some sacks there against Daniel Jones. It would be a similar situation here. It's prime time, and you get the bump there, emotional, of Sunday night football as well. So these uh, defenses all are fine this week. Chargers, Titans, Bills, and Eagles to play in week number eight. We still have to talk about the wide receivers and tight ends to target on the waiver wire for week number eight. But first, got to tell you, make sure you're checking out all the great shows on the Lockdown Network. We also have two amazing flagship shows here uh, to talk about Reality NFL. That's Locked on NFL with Ross Jackson and Cody Rourke and a nice revolving uh, group of guests and guest hosts there. So check it out there on the network. And also, don't forget about uh, Peacock and Williamson, our uh, insider show there on the NFL, hosted by Brian Peacock, featuring the insight of former NFL and college scout Matt Williamson. Again, that's Peacock and Williamson and Locked on NFL here on the network. We'll be right back here to uh, close the show looking at wide receivers and tight ends to go after as pickups here ahead of week eight. All right, let's continue here looking at the wide receivers. And uh, this is a position where uh, there are some value this week. Uh, Some injuries have created some opportunities, some guys rising. Let's start with the situation in San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk looks excellent here. The rookie from Arizona State, he just is a perfect fit for the 49ers offense. He's got a lot of similar qualities, quick, tough, fast, like Debo Samuel. Well, Debo Samuel's out with the hamstring injury once again. Came into the season with a foot issue. It's been a brutal second year for Samuel, that's for sure, after he was such a big factor down the stretch and in the Super Bowl last year. 
it's been rough going for him to stay healthy, so Samuel could be out for a while. But Ayuk and George Kittle are the main focus of this uh, passing game right now for Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're playing playing the Seattle Seahawks this week. So the secondary struggled big time. They had trouble with the Christian Kirk ability there last week, as well as DeAndre Hopkins is the go-to guy. So Ayuk and uh, George Kittle should be in position to smash this week in a high-scoring game. So Ayuk clearly is the number one pickup there. He might be owned in a 12 and 14 team leagues, but 10 team leagues should be rather available for you to pick up and uh, plug in right away against the Seahawks. You love those type of pickups and uh, could have some good value for a while here with Samuel out for a while. Now you look at uh, Sterling Shepard. I mean, he got back in the mix immediately off the toe injury for the Giants. He was a key go-to guy for Daniel Jones. He's a guy who's more reliable than Darius Slayton. He's a big play threat, but Slayton, uh, the attention he draws is certainly going to help Shepard all over the field. He's the short to intermediate uh, possession route runner, but he can rack up some catches, so good for half point and full point PPR. He's also a good scoring threat with his routes in the red zone. So, again, Sterling Shepard now should be picked up clearly uh, after uh, the nice performance against the Eagles. Uh, it is a tough matchup this week against the Bucks, but you can't burn them. Carlton Davis could certainly be in big play t- prevention territory against Slayton this week, so that should uh, help Shepard here in maybe garbage time this week. Now you also have to look at the Cleveland Browns here for f- fantasy football help at wide receiver. Odo Beckham Jr. is down. Well, I saw Baker Mayfield kind of relax and be comfortable without uh, Baker there, or without uh, Beckham, so... When you look at that, I look at it as Richard Higgins. I mean, he's been pretty solid here. They kept him for a reason as this third receiver. Jarvis Landry was really banged up, and the hip surgery hasn't been all that effective this year. Now you don't have Beckham on the outside. Higgins is their most experienced receiver. He has good chemistry with the Mayfield. Had a big game there with a lot of targets, over 100 yards against the Bengals. So I think he's the guy to target above all. I do also like the rookie Donovan Peoples-Jones, but more of a stash in deeper leagues. But I think Higgins should be uh, pretty much uh, rostered here, even in uh, 12-team leagues with his usage here. Uh, So I I think Higgins is definitely a plug-and-play. They're playing the Raiders this week. Again, he's got a lot of trust from uh, Mayfield, which you like, and uh, experience in this offense. And uh, I think he's a perfect receiver for what the... Browns want to do with uh, Kevin Stefanski. So Higgins should get his opportunity. I've always liked this kid. He's just very technically sound, good hands, good routes here. And now he gets a bigger opportunity. I think he'll take full advantage of it with uh, Beckham down for the count uh, with his torn ACL. Nelson Aguilar, we have to stop ignoring that Nelson Aguilar is a big factor and a key go-to guy for the Raiders. I mean, Henry Ruggs III has had injuries. He's been sporadic as a big playmaker. Hunter Renfro has been up and down as a slot value guy. Brian Edwards is on the shelf. Got to have some other value other than uh, Darren Waller at tight end. And Nelson Aguilar has been the man. He just looks rejuvenated. He's running routes all over the field. They're trusting him as a deep threat. They're trusting him all over the field. They didn't really do this at the end with the Eagles. And uh, I guess he's probably having the last laugh that the Eagles really have needed uh, his services a lot this year while the Raiders are taking advantage of it. So Aguilar scored in three straight games. He's clearly involved. They're making it a point to target him pretty often here as well. He started out as kind of a fluky, okay, he's a third or fourth extra receiver on this team, but really if you look at it, uh, Carr is uh, developing a bond with him. And and Aguilar, not given credit for being able to do more than just being a slot receiver. 
think Eagles, uh, he found that niche for himself. But again, you look at it now with Aguilar, again, he's producing. And that's all you can say is uh, we kind of uh, tried to ignore Travis Fulgham being a thing for the Eagles for a while, but he just kept on doing it. And then everyone jumped on Fulgham here. So Aguilar is kind of that same uh, boat and uh, Higgins here. So between Ayuk, Shepard, Higgins, and Aguilar, you have uh, some really nice uh, wide receiver three upgrades here sitting on the waiver wire that aren't just uh, one-weekers here. They're going to help you for multiple weeks, and you've got to like that. Now, what do you do with Antonio Brown? I mean, this is a tough one. Uh, you have Scotty Miller also continuing to produce here. Mike Evans, again, I think he's the guy that the arrow keeps pointing down to because he's not fully healthy. I think he's the least healthy between Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, and Evans. So, again, we'll see. Evans is probably bumping down more into wide receiver two borderline territory now. Godwin is pretty entrenched as a high-end wide receiver Two with the borderline wide receiver one, even with them spreading the ball around. Miller, I think, has wide receiver three value. So where do you foot Antonio Brown? That's tough to read here. So, again, they said they don't want him complaining about the touches. That is a concern here uh, for uh, Bruce Arians. So Brown could be just a complimentary player that sees uh, limited snaps here. And when they spread the field and he has some impact as they work him in a little bit more. Or they might be uh, careful with Evans here and rest him a little bit more. So some things to watch there, but... To be honest, uh, Brown just doesn't excite me too much because I don't think he's close to being their number one key target here, especially when you consider they have to work in Rob Gronkowski and the backs in the passing game. It's still going to be a spread out thing. Brown is not going to suddenly ascend and be more important to this offense than Godwin Evans or Miller. You can also look at uh, Corey Davis again. He's uh, back off the COVID-19 list. He's producing, he's scoring with uh, Ryan Daniel is playing well. So Davis still has motivation to play for a contract next year, maybe out of Tennessee. So there's that. So he's a big dude. He's catching balls. He's playing well off A.J. Brown. I think he's worth looking at in deeper leagues as a wide receiver four. Same thing with Jalen Rieger. I don't know if he's going to come back this week from a thumb injury against the Cowboys, but he's got to be a big factor soon with uh, Fulgham. Because Alshon Jeffrey still has been uh, a ways away from returning here. Deshaun Jackson back on the shelf, so that helps because Rieger is in his possession as a, position as a big play threat for the Eagles, so watch the thumb, but certainly the rookie is an exciting stash here, and if he plays against the Cowboys, he has an opportunity to do some real damage against that secondary. You can also look at the Saints wide receivers. They're playing the Bears this week. It's uh, Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. They had to fill in a lot more with Emmanuel Sanders on the COVID list, and uh, Michael Thomas missing game with the ankle as well as a hamstring injury, so Smith and Callaway could be the guys. The problem is it's not a very good matchup against the Bears. Callaway was also banged up late in that game against the Panthers. So Smith would figure to get a lot of targets, but what they do, they went to the backs a lot. They threw to Jared Cook. They're probably throwing a little bit of uh, Taysom Hill more this week against the Bears. Probably see a little bit of Josh Hill. Maybe Adam Troutman will be activated, and they go to uh, 12 personnel. So all kinds of things in play. And, and there's also the one where Thomas and Sanders won or both return this week, and that kills their value. So keep that in mind. Try to wait on those guys, and I think I would prioritize, again, Ayuk Shepard, Higgins, and Aguilar if I'm really looking for an upgrade this week. Preston Williams also worth a look here. It is a quarterback change. He was uh, doing well with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so that's going to be a little bit concerning if Tua Tagovola can have the same chemistry, so we'll watch that with Preston Williams. Curtis Samuel scored on a rush against the Saints. I think it's a bit fluky, and Christian McCaffrey could be back here, so that's certainly going to kill any of those type of opportunities for Samuel there, they create a spark. So, in deeper leagues, maybe look at Samuel if uh, something were happened to DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson, you have a big role, but that's about it. We look at uh, Gabriel Davis. We'll see how long John Brown's out. They're playing the Patriots this week, so 
maybe some opportunities with Stefan Diggs, maybe seeing a lot of Stefan Gilmore that could open things up for Gabriel Davis on the other side against Jason McCourty on the outside. If uh, Brown misses another game, exciting rookie there. So is Denzel Mims for the Jets. He finally got involved. The rookie from Baylor there and uh, Brashad Perryman suffered a concussion game in the game against the Bills. So now you have an opening there on the outside. You already had James Crowder deal with a growing issue that put Braxton Berrios into the lineup. So this Jets receiving core is an absolute mess, but you look at it, they're playing the Chiefs this week, so maybe some garbage potential for Mims. But keep in mind, the, the ceiling with all of these uh, Jets receivers at this point is very low, the way Sam Darnold is struggling in the pocket. And finally, one more wide receiver we look at is Jacoby Myers. I mean, who's going to catch the ball for the Patriots? Remember Jacoby Myers was a thing for a little while last year with Tom Brady? Well, Nikhil Harry's hurt. Demir Bird's not doing much. Julian Edelman is showing signs of age. He's not really involved too much in the offense. So Jacoby Myers, maybe there's an opportunity that he can do something. Would I try, try to pick him up and play him against the Bills? Absolutely not. But wait and see approach. Someone's got to get better in New England with his offense. Maybe the switch is coming to Jared Stidham in the offense and that'll help. Or Cam Newton just gets better. Who knows? But again, I don't really want to start anything on the Patriots offense right now. But Myers is someone I can target for sure. All right, let's uh, turn our chin to tight ends. Uh, Dallas Goddard, some people might have had IR spots in their league and uh, kept him, but uh, he definitely is on the way to come back this week. So you can see a lot of Dallas Goddard and Richard Rodgers there. So Goddard certainly is a high priority. He can be a tight end one the rest of the way with Zach Ertz really hurting and uh, the receiving core limited. So keep that in mind. I think Rodgers is more a stash here on their bench that could have some value, but they're going to use a lot of 12 personnel, I'm sure, to counteract their issues at wide receivers, so Rodgers looked good. I think he would be a good compliment for Goddard, that's for sure. Trey Burton is the next guy you look at. He's going to be involved, the former Eagle, the backup to uh, Zach Ertz. He is uh, now in the Colts with uh, Frank Reich, had a two-touchdown game before the break. They're using him as a back near the goal line. They're throwing to him as well, Philip Rivers. He's the new Mo Alley Cox, who was the old Mo Alley Cox only for a little while, they want to throw to tight ends. Philip Rivers loves the tight ends, going back to Antonio Gates. Burton is the top option here, and it's a good matchup this week against the Lions and a good guy to have in general on your team. Logan Thomas as well is the guy that I want on a lot of rosters here because, again, Kyle Allen has really helped this uh, Washington offense legitimatize it. You look at uh, last year, he did that for the Panthers as well, so not a surprise that he kept the weapons relevant all over the field, and uh, that's a big difference. You saw what happened with uh, all their weapons there with uh, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin and uh, Thomas here really benefiting from a competent quarterback who at least can get the ball in their hands in key situations. Thomas, big dude, athletic, uh, former quarterback in Virginia Tech. We know he's tough to cover in the red zone, and we've seen that a lot to here with Washington, and they want to get him going as the second option behind Terry McLaurin, so that's also appealing. They do have a bye this week, so Thomas is not going to help you now, but certainly good matchups going forward, including the Giants uh, against whom he scored just a couple weeks ago. Now we also look at Irv Smith of the Vikings. He's someone that uh, you can also consider here. Uh, was involved heavily against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, then uh, was also there in the Falcons game making some catches, so Interesting with Irv Smith, their usage of him, and he's a talented athletic receiver out of Alabama. They need somebody between Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson to produce more, and the matchup is pretty good against the Packers. The Packers' numbers against the tight end are pretty good, but I think they're still exploitable there in the middle of the field, especially with Darnell Savage 
hurting for sure. Then you can look at the uh, Brown situation. Uh, we'll see if Austin Hooper returns from his appendicitis this week against the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders have been vulnerable against the tight end of late. We saw that here. Rob Gronkowski came through, so something to watch with Hooper there. So Harrison Bryant, not Njoku, was the more impressive Browns tight end in Hooper's placement. And Njoku also find the end zone, so something to look at there with that combination. But it's a Bryant-Njoku split, probably not good enough here with Hooper returning uh, potentially this week. If not, you could look at one of these guys and uh, try to get some tight end value here, especially if you're streaming tight ends. And uh, it's interesting because Logan Thomas might be the only guy you would have uh, consistently had from the teams on buy here because uh, it's a Jordan Aiken situation with the Texans and uh, looking at Tyler Eifert with the Jaguars and then uh, Dan Arnold not really doing a lot for the Cardinals here. So Again, you probably are not too desperate for a tight end, so I wouldn't reach there, especially if Hooper comes back. I think uh, Brian and Njoku have no value. Finally, the last guy, and uh, we'll get his name right now because we didn't know if we were going to talk about him as a fantasy football factor here. It's Albert O. He's also known as Albert Okugabunam. That's right, Albert Okugabunam or Albert O. He's a rookie tight end from... The Broncos, why is he relevant? He got as many targets as Noah Fant last week. So Fant coming back from the ankle injury. And it's uh, Albert O and Fant seeing the most targets for the Broncos. Probably disconcerting uh, with Tim Patrick having the hamstring injury. And uh, Jerry Judy kind of fading. And uh, KJ Hamler not doing much. That it's going more to two tight end sets. Maybe they're trying to spark it. Maybe they're trying to say we got to just use these guys. Security blankets on both sides for... Uh, Drew Locke and go from there and help the running game. So that's what you're seeing here with Okubunam there. Albert Albert O, that's how we're going to call him here going forward uh, for the Broncos. uh, We'll see if uh, he can uh, have a bigger role. And maybe Fant's injury is a little bit more concerning than we think. Again, this week uh, it's the Chargers, so a little bit of a hit-or-miss matchup here for Fant. Uh, Just less inclined now to go to Fant with this uh, split with Albert O. And then you can also look at Drew Sample, folks. I mean, he did uh, produce against the Browns twice. He hasn't really done too much. Otherwise, we were excited about what he did against the Browns. So it's uh, definitely a better schedule going forward. The Titans are vulnerable against the tight end this week in week eight for the Bengals. So something to look at with Drew Sample as the wide receivers open up more in the middle of the field with the attention they're getting outside. And Joe Burrow is smart enough to recognize that and, and use Sample a little bit more. So there you have it. There's a look at all the targets on the waiver wire. Quite a few. And a wide receiver tight end are rather dominant this week over running back and defense. And still some good values at quarterback as well. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Locked On NFL. Have a great day. See you tomorrow as we break down the games starting with Matchup Wednesday.